What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Ghoul Gang. I'm Grace. And I'm Caroline. And we are here to talk about some spooky shit. Some spooky and tragic and... Musical shit. Unhinged shit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a leading question for you. In the musical of your life, what would be your theme song? Oh. I know, this is hard. I, that just that came is. out of me. No, that is that's an incre- <laughs> like, that just came. I wish that the answer to that question would come out of me as quickly <laughs> as that question came I out of like you. I feel like it has to be Britney Spears. Probably would be Britney. Probably would be like work bitch or something because like that's all I do. <laughs> that's fair. Or maybe like my theme song would probably be probably be a Taylor Swift song. Let's oh, be honest. Okay, we're moving from queen to queen. We're moving from blonde queen to blonde queen, as we do. In in this home, we stand only the blonde pop girlies Hell, and the gays. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm blonde right now, or else I'd be offended. Well, you're a pop, you're a pop girly. Mm-hmm. Noted, noted pop girly. And I'm like natural blonde, so like can't, can't change that. Mm, I think it would be Mastermind by Taylor Swift. <laughs> After all that, still a Taylor Swift song. I love it. Um, yeah, Good. I just I feel like that it it speaks to who I am as a person. It she just she reads me like a book. Like she really does. She knows she knows me. I've always said this, but I just wanted to make it known in case Taylor is listening that I think my most toxic trait is like I truly believe that if I met Taylor Swift, I could convince her to marry me within a week. <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe have no two weeks. Doubt. I have no doubts about this ability. Like maybe two weeks, but that's the mastermind in me. So <laughs> cringe. Well done. What about you? What about you? Um, I have two. One is my way, but the Sid Vicious version. Yes. Um, and more specifically, the Gary Oldham version from the movie Sid and Nancy, because he redid it. And oh yeah, I like that one even better. Mm-hmm. But I like yep. I love my way, and along those lines, I know we're not supposed to the Dixie Chicks, mm-hmm. um, wide open spaces. Oof. I mean, maybe even Dixie Chicks landslide for me. Ooh, Stevie, I can't go beyond Stevie. You gotta give that one to her, though. I mean, I, I obviously Stevie's the queen, but I've heard I, I heard so the Chicks They're... landslide version Ugh, first. It's same. Same. I fell in love with the chicks before Stevie, for sure. There was like a period in time in the late '90s when we were all obsessed with pop country. With yeah, like Shania I mean, Twain. because of because of the chicks, like the, they came they and Shania and Shania. You're right. And Leanne Rhymes, all them, so good. But my mom would play Wide Open Spaces whenever we dropped my sister off at college. But like my sister never made any big mistakes. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I made a lot of them. But it, I just kind of associate that song with like change and life. Mm-hmm. and blah, So that in, in my way, the Sid Vicious version is like, fuck everyone. I'm just going to do what I want. <laughs> I Which, love it. Fair enough. It's what I, I think I, what the... I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to bring this musical in into our ghoulie orbit. This week, we will be talking about a very musical subject, 
known as the Glee Curse. Something we've been looking to talk about for <laughs> years. Truly I was years. Truly years. And we saw that Discovery Plus came out with a very haphazard kind of documentary about it. We both watched it and we're like, this is dumb. It was three episodes and I was like, oh, that makes sense because there's like three main cast members who die. But they and don't yet somehow focus on that. And yet somehow they two out of three of those episodes were focused on the same cast member. And then the last one was just like very haphazardly thrown together. And the most interesting one was not in my looked opinion, into at all. Was not looked into at all. Well, I think that's probably for legal reasons. I mean, when you talk about child abuse materials and all of that, you start getting into kind of precarious Waters. But it's all in the public record. I mean, I all know. this has been reported on before. It's not well, like we're let's, like. Let's break it down before we spoil it all. So, Glee, as we know, is a TV slash music phenomenon that came out in 2008, which is crazy because I thought for sure I was still in high school. <laughs> and I was not. Yeah, I watched the first season of Glee, and I I love I I, th- I must have been like a freshman in college when I was watching uh, yeah, it because it came out in two thousand eight. Yeah, so I loved it because I mean, like Jane Lynch, like thought and Corey Monteith was Journey. super hot. Like, yeah, I'm a big musical girly, so like Same. I and I I'm a good I'm a big like cover song girly too, a oh, big karaoke yeah. girly. So oh, like hell yeah. I want. I wish I had the skills to be in Glee Club, but I sadly don't. Oh, dude, I totally would have been in Glee Club. I was a big musical theater uh, person in high school and in life. Mm-hmm. Kind of became like a fuck you thing towards the end where I was like, I'm done with this. I hate it. But, you know, once you're a musical theater kid, you're always No, you can never kid. actually grow out of it. You just become like a more... Um, honestly, you get more annoying as you get older. <laughs> like it's true. <laughs> and you get more like, a, like well, Fosse produced Chicago and blah, 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 and you get real annoying about it. I know I do. But I remember taking summer classes at COD in DuPage County, and there was this girl who called herself a Gleek, and that was the first time I've heard that phrase a glee freak we should Um, actually be really grateful that glee did not come out while we were in high school because god only knows like if i would ever we would have started glee clubs we probably would have called ourselves gleeks and we would have started (laughs) i would have started like one of the worst glee clubs of all time it would have just been people people who actually don't know how to harmonize but just like to sing pop songs together (laughs) i forget this girl's name she was so sweet but we were in the same um it was like an A and D class and we had to make like a diorama and we came in on a Saturday to work on it together. It was so fun. So wholesome. Such wholesome times. Yeah. Um, and we were working like in one of the workrooms at COD and she put on the first season of Glee soundtrack and I fucking loved it. Of course. Of course. It was so good. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. It's like, because it's songs you already know. Yeah. Like, sing. I mean, everybody, like, just everybody involved in the cast of Glee, like, whether or not they were terrible people, whether or not they were bullies, whether or not they know how to read, they were, they're incredibly talented, all of them. Whether or not they know how to read. Ah! (laughs) We'll get to that. 
they i mean they're all just like crazy talented like they, they are. are like they're amazing singers they're like pretty decent comedic actors like i you know it's an enjoyable show and it, it is. is it's unhinged i i was doing this is over the pandemic the last time i watched I, I watched the first season of glee i think i might have watched the second season of glee and then i just kind of fell off and would like randomly watch a couple episodes the last time i watched glee <laughs> I was I was in Colorado over the pandemic and I was doing mushrooms. You told me about <laughs> and this. And we were At like let's, let's Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, I like I was so I was downstairs with like my boyfriend and my and friend I was like, glee, and we were like really? <laughs> We were like let's throw on some glee. Well, fuck it. Why not? Like time for some Ryan Murphy. We were giggly. The sun was going down. It was beautiful. And so we <laughs> so like, the happiest thing you can It was think like of. Truly the most unhinged. I don't even remember what the episode was, but we were like crying because we were like laughing so hard. We literally were like sobbing hysterically crying because it was so, we were just like, what is the show? Like, cause we, I think we watched like season five or season six, like, like a later, later season. Down. It yeah. was completely unhinged. I have, I literally have no recollection of what actually happened in the episode other than that. I was just like blown away. I was like, how is this show fucking real? How does <laughs> like, this I don't, It's. <laughs> it really, I feel like it went off the rails at some point. Um, I love it. Maybe around season four, but. Incredible. Um, <laughs> I, oh, and that's when people stopped caring, I think. Yeah. Um, But that is a good segue. So how this show came to be, like you said, Ryan Murphy. So high camp, over the top. I think it was before we even knew Ryan Murphy's style. No, this was like one of his first things, wasn't it? I mean, did he do Nip Tuck too? Am Mm -hmm. I wrong in thinking that? So I I feel like Six Feet Under. Which one was it? No, Nip Tuck. Tuck. Like it's kind of an interesting transition. Yeah, going from a like a mature audience and then still taking that mature audience but putting it on teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) it's kind of been his 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 bone the whole time. Yeah, Ryan Murphy loves to just torture teenagers. Oh like, my that's gosh. his favorite his favorite activity. <laughs> Truly. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the audition process for Glee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so the first person that we're gonna talk about in terms of this kind of curse is what we're gonna call it. Um on the show Glee itself, which is now shrouded in kind of death. tragedy death, despair embarrassment all illegal kinds of acts shame. yeah awful awful heinous things that should not exist in the world yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. they got it all they got it all um but it starts with cory monteith and he actually uh got the part from going to a mass audition that's crazy. That's crazy to me. Right. Like a walk-in audition. That's like um, one of those things that they would hold at the mall like every weekend when you're exactly. a kid. And you're like, you're I'm exactly going to go right. and I'm going to get discovered. And then you just go and you're like, actually, I'm not going to wait in line and I have no talents whatsoever. So like, what would I be discovered for? Actually, I did that and <laughs> I I did that and I got the job at American Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. So it can't, no, you kidding. and Corey Monty. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Yeah, me and Cory Monteith have that in common. Only that. Things turned out a lot better for you, we'll say. Cory Monteith is from Calgary, uh, Alberta. He was born in 1981. A good Canadian boy. A beautiful Canadian boy. 
He's so gorgeous. He's such a pure Canadian boy. You know how I feel about that. Yeah, how we all feel about um, them, truly. Ugh. Blessings. Blessings to the world. Um, he was, he had never, like, sung in his life. That's wild. He just, like, went there and, like, they needed a big jack who looked uncomfortable, essentially. And he nailed it. And he got it. And it was just, like, completely changed his world. But little did the producers or Ryan Murphy know that he had had a drug and alcohol problem since he was 13 years old. So young. 13 years old. And he was in his 20s when he got the show. Yeah. It's, like, crazy to so, me how old, like, how much older they all were. Like, they, none of them... I don't think we're actually teenagers. Were Maybe some of them no. were like 19. I think the youngest person was like 18 Barely. or 19. Yeah. But yeah, like they, they were all of legal age yeah. when they were in like this. that man, like from the jump looked like he was 30. Like he like, <laughs> like a hot 30. And I think we love that. Though. Oh, absolutely. We love, we it. as a culture we like, love Ooh. like a hot 30 year old jock in a high school movie. There is nothing. 30 year old jock in a letterman jacket. Like, that's the thing that's really sad, honestly, about the fact that Letterman jackets are only worn in high school, is that the that when you actually are 30 and hot, like, you're not going to be wearing them. And, like, that's who looks I best know. in them. Like, I know. I, I Give me a broad-shouldered man in a Letterman jacket any day. It was like in high school, you're looking at all these kids in Letterman jackets, and you're like, you look like a child. Like, you look like a little shrimp. Like, I don't know. Like, you're not, you're not like, the, like, hot guys I see in the movies, and it's because you're not 30. <laughs> Fair. Although we were 15 at the time, so that would not have been great. No. I mean, but I, I, I'm not saying I wanted to date a 30-year-old no, in high school. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying I wanted to date another 15-year-old who looked like he was 30. Who looked like he was 30. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, he began using drugs and alcohol when he was 13. He went to rehab at 19, but it's not quite clear if he stayed sober the whole time after that you know i know he was sober for a while um he was in final destination three did not know that did not know that either i don't know if i've ever seen that did you see that fucking clip that i posted on instagram this week with the plank going through someone's windshield no and literally caroline I have to send it to you. I can't right now because you're on my No, yeah. But (laughs) I watched it and I was like, I am simply never getting into a car again. I mean, every time. I mean, I think this is a universal experience for everyone who has seen that movie. But every single time I'm on the highway and I see any truck carrying anything that's long and cylindrical, I'm like, I will not be driving behind you. This was flat. (laughs) This was a two by four. Absolutely not. This was a flat two by four that fell off the back of the truck and went through the windshield and absolutely nailed the shotgun seat. If someone was sitting there, they would have been no one fucking was, though? impaled. No, everyone, no okay. one was. Thank fucking The driver God. took a video when it happened. The And I screamed. I mean, like, you would, like, that's a situation in which, like, if you don't shit your pants, like, literally, if there's... <laughs> Like then, who are what, you? you? You need to get tested no for us to for whether or not you're, you're a psychopath. A yeah. 
Like, in that situation, if you do not bat an eye, if you're like, oh, shit. Dude. Like, you've got some issues. Better take a TikTok. <laughs> we should message them be like, you should go take this. <laughs> be like, send him a link. <laughs> be like, this might be useful well, to was- you. <laughs> One of my favorite TikToks in general. It was the Taylor Swift song, and it's someone like riding behind a log carrying truck, and it's, I think I've seen it. <laughs> and I didn't like the ending. <laughs> and they're keeping their distance. Yeah. They're like, fuck that. Yeah, incredible. No, but this literally went through the windshield completely vertically. No. I'll send it to you. No. And we'll post it on Instagram. No. I wonder, what if they, um, like, we should look at the rest of the cast of Final Destination 3, because what if there's, like, if any of them are alive? Like, what if there's a Final Destination curse on, it, it's not actually a Glee curse, it's a Final Destination, Final Destination curse. <gasps> don't fuck with me. <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. I mean, I am completely, ma- I don't know anyone else who's in that movie, and whether or not they're dead. <laughs> Allie Larder. Allie Larder's in that movie. She's racist. She's fine. So. She's racist. Yeah. But she's so not alive. not good, not good. <laughs> That's her curse that she has to bear for the rest of her life. <laughs> it's her own fault. Her alleged racism. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. He was also he had bit parts in Smallville and on Supernatural. Smallville. Um. I know. With I only think of yeah. Uh, who else are you gonna think Nexium of? Nexium. When I think of Little Miss Allison Mack, like who else are you think? Allison Mack. Although I will say, I was like the fact that like Tom Welling like so fell off so fucking hard when like he was like a mainstay on my on my wall as a teen. I love really? Tom Welling. <laughs> Once again, it's like the thirty year old man in a Letterman jacket situation. Like he looks, he looks good. <laughs> He looks great. I mean, I, I'm i not debating that. Yeah. I think after a few years of fame, these kids did not stop working. No. And, like, that's one thing that I feel like the documentary was interesting. Like, the way that it really showed kind of, like, the grueling How schedule. they had no breaks. They had no like, time. Like, it was, like, there was, like, absolutely, there's no HR department on the set. No. Like, there were no, no. like like normal working conditions for any of these people like i would if you're already an addict and you're already having issues like there's no way that you'd be able to like like you're gonna be taking adderall or coke or something like because i would even have to do that to like work a a 14 hour day five days in a row absolutely not yeah who can who can do that not naturally? to mention just like the insane levels like this show fucking blew up like the success of it was like immediate and sudden and like most of these people were not stars Overnight. at all like the most famous None person in that show was jane lynch which like i think she's super famous but like she's probably the least famous person in that show now <laughs> like well she's famous because we watched the l word we watch yes we she's famous because we watched the l word <laughs> and i was really into party down at the time so i <laughs> oh fucking party down i'm still upset about lizzie kaplan i know but um so they not only did they have like a six-month shooting schedule they had six months of touring after that so they had to tour throughout the united states and put on like the glee show um and do press tours and all that because they were trotted out like 
darling ponies and and they were were. i mean they were literally a cash cow for that network like those kids were i mean and i call them kids but like again they're all like 25 years old but yeah we're saying kids because they're supposed to be in high school yes but like I can um, see how that pressure would get to you very very quickly. Like the tour, touring alone would be insane. Oh my gosh, I know. And yeah, living in L.A. and filming, I if, if you had a past substance abuse problem, like that's not where you should be. No, I wouldn't recommend like, L.A. as a city to anyone. With although I mean I guess anyone. you could be California sober in L.A. It's not. There's a lot of people there that, that means that, do that means you can smoke weed but not do anything else. <laughs> Fuck Demi Lovato, goddamn. Um, no. So, uh, fast forward to early 2012. This is when we get the first confirmed reports of Corey Monteith being in a serious relationship with co-star Leah Michelle. But uh, according to the um, documentary, which this I didn't know, that they started dating before the first season even aired, which I was oh my gosh. I was surprised about. So that how do they keep it a secret for so long? I don't know. Especially because they dated on screen. I know. Maybe everyone was just I like, don't. there's no way that he would date her. <laughs> like she, maybe, maybe on screen. She's a lizard person. <laughs> maybe on screen. But like, it's, is Corey Monteith really, really going to go for it? Leah Michelle, of all the people he's working with, out of all the, the girlies sweet on the Glee cast, boy gets bullied into dating <laughs> Leah Michelle. <laughs> Sorry, we're not here to shit. Not yet. Until the end of the episode. No. And like one thing that this this that this documentary does, I think unfairly. And like let me t- let me say, I am not I am not a fan of Leah Michelle. I think that the rumors of her being a racist and a bully and just like a generally not nice person are probably very true. Um, However, I don't think that she had anything to do any, any real hand to play in the, in the tragic passing of Corey. No, absolutely not. And I'll, I'll, let's get into which the documentary seems to allege. They seem to blame it on her. And that is not cool. They really seem to be like, she was a, uh, she was putting so much pressure on him and she only cared about herself. And, and I'm like, this was a man Fuck who was that. an addict when he was hired. He was immediately blown up into fame, thrown into 14-hour work days, crazy tour schedules, Hollywood parties. I don't, Too much money. I don't think that his like annoying high-maintenance girlfriend, who probably was not paying enough attention to him to even she notice wasn't even there. that he was she wasn't doing even there. drugs. <laughs> okay, so... In 2013, July, um, Corey Monteith checked into the Fairmont Pacific Rim in Vancouver, and he stayed there for seven days, and he fucking partied for, like, the six days leading up to his checkout. There's, like, a video of him, you saw, like, 24 hours before at a biker bar where he's, like hanging on some girl they're all drinking yep. um it doesn't look great it's a bender situation <laughs> like if if my boyfriend was doing that i'd be upset absolutely i would saying. be yeah yeah um and then on the seventh day when he was supposed to check out that is when the housekeeping came in and found him unresponsive called the police um 
they declared him dead at the scene um and the coroner later found that it was a death due to mixed drug toxicity of heroin codeine morphine and alcohol yeah so Corey was on one he he was on a true bender and i feel like it's one of those like fucked up situations where you get out of rehab your tolerance is super low because you haven't done drugs in a while and so then you go and do the same amount of whatever your drug of choice is that you normally would do and it kills you well it doesn't even seem like that it was like he was working up to it yeah and then injected and got a hot bag or something you know and unfortunately that's been such a sad case in in a lot of our lives with our friends with fentanyl and everything but um it was absolutely an accidental death and i remember feeling so weird about it because i think it was like the day before or two days before he was like a guest on top chef which i fucking love (laughs) i love top chef and i remember seeing him on top chef like a couple days before his death and i was like oh weird yeah weird juxtaposition so he passed and it was really sad for everyone it was like the quarterback died yeah it totally it really was it was very very sad i mean i didn't like again at that point i don't think i'd watch the show in a couple years but i mean yeah but it was still kind of like he was a beloved yeah like you're rooting for him like you're rooting for both his character and him as an actor like he had a really promising career i feel like ahead of him he had a lot like he he probably would have been like the actual breakout star of glee because i do feel like glee hasn't really other than leah michelle is the breakout star of glee but like she's not really like a movie star she's a she's a broadway star like yeah she's funny girl like which you know but it's great is, but whatever but like she's not like in rom-com she's not like julia roberts like she's not no. you know it i think that i totally agree cory monteith was the most accessible mm-hmm. like he wasn't perfect he wasn't like an actual broadway star like you could tell his i don't know he just seemed like a, a really nice guy and it was really really sad when he died um can we talk about someone who it wasn't sad yeah when they let's died? talk about it because the documentary sure as hell didn't yeah, I know. i'm sure it didn't okay. make it seem Ma- like it was sad like sure made it seem like I it know. was extremely sad when he died despite so there were three there were three episodes and we expected them to be on Corey, mark salling and naya rivera and it was on Corey, Corey, mark salling and then like i guess there was like the two production people that they threw in there like randomly i don't even remember what episodes that was in but i mean yeah again it like not much not much no and mark selling arguably has the most interesting albeit fucked up story yes of all of this mark selling played puck the character puck on uh glee who was like the douchey jockey best friend who had like a faux hawk um or maybe a mohawk oh god i lo- i loved a maybe it was a full mohawk at some point I, but it was i think it was yeah it was but he he rocked some kind of hawk it was a hawk situation another another person who was let's just say another 30 year old in a leatherman jacket and you know like played a douche and 
allegedly was a douche in real life. But, you know, like, there wasn't... He was pretty... Like, Glee ended, and he had kind of, like, went about his business, and no, everybody kind of forgot about him. He wasn't, like, a, a star by any means. I'm not sure if he... He was the same age as Corey. Yeah. So, in 2013, Mark was sued by his ex-girlfriend, Roxanne Gorzella, for sexual battery, assault and battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and negligence. In her lawsuit... Intentional... Intentional affliction of emotional distress. Yes. Apparently. That's a charge? Apparently that's a charge. Which like I feel like I could charge many people. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few people <laughs> that I will be I'll be serving paper. I don't mean to laugh because he's a fucking monster, but like let me slap that charge on a couple people. We're going out. For real. You heard it here first, folks. If you've ever done either of us Let's all go intentional to the harm. <laughs> Okay, You're gonna be speaking ahead, to sorry. our to the Ghoul Gang official lawyer, <laughs> the Ghoul Gang pod lawyer. Um, I don't have one. <laughs> so in her lawsuit, she claimed that the actor coerced her into having unprotected sex with him, despite her insistence on him using a condom. She added that after unsuccessfully reaching out to him on numerous occasions regarding whether he'd been tested for STDs, she went to confront him when he grabbed her and pushed her down to the ground, causing an injury. So what in the world? This happened. This was like pretty small potatoes. I mean, it's not small potatoes considering what he was getting into. So I think it makes sense that we didn't really hear about this, given the fact that Corey also died in 2013. This was like kind of a little over. This was one of those like he said, she said situations that like, unfortunately, is very common and kind of hard to get anybody, especially when it's like, you know, it's it's someone famous. Yeah, someone famous and whatever. So. He denied these claims, and in 2015, he settled the lawsuit, and he ended up paying her $2.7 million. So Jesus Christ! I didn't know that. Yes. So I don't know if this was before or after he settled this lawsuit. I think it must have been after. So Glee ended in 2015, and two or three months afterwards, Mark is arrested on December 29th, 2015, under suspicion of possessing child pornography. Um, child abuse material. Child abuse material. Thank you. Um, there is no such thing as child pornography as child porno- because pornography is should be consensual. consenting adults. Yes. Yeah. The Los Angeles Police Department's Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force searched his home and uncovered. This is fucking bad. Thousands, up to fifty thousand images. After a former girlfriend turned him into the police. I, when I read this, when this came like as a CNN push in the Brad Steele's offices, I was physically nauseous. Like, I love that you, you got, you, I know when I got it, I was sitting, no, I wasn't mad about it being puck. I was like, what a fucking scumbag. Like, I wish I watched him being decapitated instead of that journalist. (laughs) Have we have we told this that story on this on this podcast? Uh, yeah, yes, we, we had, had to. to have. Have. I think we had to. We have. had to. Have. Uh, for those who haven't, for those who don't know, what I we're accidentally, <laughs> I accidentally watched an ISIS batting in our office. You know, as you do on a work computer. <laughs> I didn't think they'd show the whole thing. <laughs> Just casually traumatized herself. <laughs> I thought we had a VPN. 
We had all the things. They definitely know that I watched it. So, uh, yes, there were 50,000 images on his on his hard drive, downloaded onto his computer. He had a thumb drive with more, and some of them showed sex acts with children under the age of three years old. That's what I was telling you. Like, it wasn't just teenagers, like glee kids. Which is it bad enough. Babies. Yes. It was babies. Babies. Because I initially, when I watched the documentary, and they didn't, they did not say shit. Like, they barely. They didn't. This was like a 10 minute section, and that, like, at the end of the, um, or maybe at the beginning of the third episode. It was. It was like in the middle. Yeah. It was. They wanted nothing to do with him. Nothing. And so I was like, well, uh, like, my thought was like, well, I can kind of see. I'm like, if there is a glee curse, it's like Ryan Murphy, like, working these kids to the bone and then putting them in situations where, like, they're going to end up getting up to no good. So, like, my thought initially was like, well, yeah, like, this is, like, a hot dude who's, like, on t- who's playing a teenager who then goes on tour. Surrounded by Surrounded, pre-teens. like, by screaming preteens. Like, I can see how he would get into a situation. Not that that would be excusable in any way, shape, or form. we have a text thread where I'm literally like, no, it was. Yeah, and then she was like, no, it was, like, actual children. Like, I mean, not, again, teenagers are actual yeah. children. But, like. Yes, they are. Babies. Babies. Yeah. So then. And that's where I was like, yeah, fucking yeah. string him up. Then I looked, I looked a little deeper and was deeply, deeply disturbed. So here we go. He was formally charged on May 27th, 2016 by a federal grand jury with receiving and possessing child pornography. And on June 3rd, he was arraigned and pleaded not guilty to the charges. Um, so obviously when this happened, um, he was dropped from his only post glee role (laughs) that he had, which was. Gods and Secrets, a miniseries that apparently did not do very well even without him, because um, mm. no idea what Shocker. that is. And he did not have any luck before Glee either, and he had been trying mm-hmm. um, since the 90s. So the when it rains, it pours for poor Mark. Uh, in April... Poor Mark fucked In April fuck of 2016, he was accused of raping an unnamed woman in a 2012 incident. Um... The woman alleged that after beginning to engage in sexual intercourse with Sailing, she changed her mind and told him no, which resulted in him forcing himself on her. Um, They did not end up charging him with that because there was really no evidence at that point. You know, it was like four years later. And although the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office did say they found the victim's allegations credible, there just like wasn't enough like information evidence evidence yeah, to charge him anymore unfortunately because our justice system is did she get a million out of him though because the first one did no she didn't get anything because they couldn't charge <sighs> him with anything because again our justice system yeah. is not really set up to help rape victims. well he settled the first he one, settled the he? first one yeah um so in october 2017 he struck a plea deal with prosecutors um he actually pled guilty to possession of child pornography um, at the time of the plea. Again, more than 50,000. Just think about that. Five, zero, thousand. 50,000. Think about it. makes, literally makes me want to throw up. I don't have 50,000 pictures of anything on my computer. I have probably have 50,000 pictures on my phone that I've had, like, that are, like, that span back, like, 10 years. And I take pictures of myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that about you. I love that about you. No, but it's also like these people who download this child abuse material, they download it in like by the terabyte. Yes. Like they get it on the dark web and they get packages essentially of it. And that's what there's a podcast I need to remember the name of. Um, that was all about taking down the people who are distributing these large packages of child sex abuse. And it's just like, it's so bad. And they're like, we've seen things that you can't unsee. Uh, no. And they go out in these packages of 50,000, 100,000, whatever. And you can just buy one on the dark web. That's horrifying. I mean, I I've, I guess I've never really, I've never really wanted to know how that happens. No. You know what I mean? Well, I only know because I am super paranoid as a, a of mom. Of course. Yeah. You know, like I post pictures of Harper on my Instagram and I am nervous about it now. I kind of want to take them all down. But like I've asked her for most of the pictures, mm-hmm. like. I've asked her, is this okay to post? Right. And you're not you one know? of those moms that's like every single piece of their content is like no. a picture of Harper. I No, it's just she's she's just my bud. Have we talked like, before about have you do you follow Mom Uncharted on TikTok? I do. I love her, but some of that shit is fucked up. So this is Too an account much. that she calls out um content creators who are basically parents that just exploit their minor children and sell like picture packets of them and in like very compromising positions wearing bikinis like wearing whatever like two babies two old men and like you look at these like famous kids a lot of them are like dance mom situation like dance mom kids they have like six million views on like a video of a two-year-old in a in a bathtub yeah or like a a seven-year-old posing like with in like a photo set like in a shower wearing a bikini and like the and like some of these people like they have Instagram that accounts makes me die. that have thousands of followers and you go and you look Mom Uncharted like the the TikTok account will go in and will look at who the who's following these kids are they other kids no they're all no. like sunglass old, old men, men. <laughs> they look like old men they look like the um the avatar meme of the <laughs> Like that's exactly that's who's following them. Like you know, I just it's so upsetting. And when someone pointed that out, when I saw the point of that, that's when I took most of my Harper content down. Absolutely on my Instagram, and that's why whatever I won't allow her to be on stream or on any of that kind of shit because people will log on just to see your child yeah yeah and you don't know like it's you don't know what their intentions are it's disgusting and a lot of and a lot of parents are making money off of money actually sexually exploiting their children online whether or not they think that's what they're doing whether exactly they might have the best intentions being like oh my gosh my child's so successful as a model and it's like no no honey Sorry, back to Mark. Back to Mark. Sailing. Yes, again. Back. More photos of child 
sex abuse material, another 4,000 images, and 160 videos found on a thumb drive. The plea, um, again, revealed that many of the images and video depict prepubescent children. As a part of the plea, and this is incredibly fucked up to me as well, he pled so that he would serve between four and seven years in prison, which seems like an outrageous sentence. Yes. He was previously looking at at least 20 years when he was pleading innocent. What the fuck is wrong with this country, dude? Like, how? Between four and seven years for 50,000? Yeah, drug charges. Are you joking? Drug charges get, like, minimum 10. There are people that are still in prison in... For weed. For weed. <laughs> ah, when I can go to the I'm store. I'm little bed desk right now. For fuck's sake. But God that forbid. God forbid me. we keep child predators in prison for more than four to seven years. He would have been required as, to register as a sex offender after he was released, um, he would have to pay a $50,000 restitution to each of his victims, which I don't know if, how that works given... What would that be, like 50000 Times, yeah, 50000 50, Like, And it seems like it would be what kind of fuck? difficult to find all of the people in all of those videos, just given... I hate it here, dude. Horrifying. Um, have no contact with anyone under the age of 18. Be required to stay 100 yards away from schools, parks, swimming pools, playgrounds, and a host of locales frequented by minors. So he pled guilty formally on December 18th, and he was awaiting sentencing on March 7th at the time of his death, when I believe he was found hanging in his home on March 7th, 2018. He was. So he was reported missing um, by his mother, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he died by suicide, and he was hanging from a tree, um, and they found him six hours after he was reported missing. Uh. Um, but to be fair, I would have killed myself before I got to prison, that's for fucking sure. 100%. They would have killed me so hard. Killed him so hard. Yeah. He's not, he would not have had a good time in prison, um, rightfully so. So that, I mean. This is so fucked up. I'm looking at the Grammy nominations he got. He got like nine. Well, I mean, he, again, he was talented. We're not going to say he wasn't talented, but he was a fucking terrible person. Pedophile. Yeah. He's a fucking pedophile monster. Um. Who raped women. And exploited children. And the documentary makes it a point to, after they have barely touched on the child sex abuse images situation, um, and then talk about him, his death, to have, like, several people talk about what an amazing guy he was. (laughs) Oh, my God, I remember that. Oh, my God. And they're like, he seems so nice. He seemed fine. We're like... He was so normal. What, and I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, what is He's the point of this? He's a fucking criminal pedophile. <laughs> like, maybe you can... Who cares? I, I don't... Yeah, I don't... I don't know what the point of that was. So... That reminds me of, like, Jimmy Savile in London, where everyone loved him, but it's like, who gives a shit? Right. He's a, he's a fucking pedophile criminal. His lawyer's statement after his death was, Mark was a gentle and loving person, a person of great creativity who was doing his best to atone for some serious mistakes and errors of judgment. Get fucked, (laughs) you idiot. There are, I've made many errors of judgment in my life, but downloading 50,000 child sex abuse images (sighs) from the dark web seems like 
that's not just something you accidentally it's, happen upon no. on a random Tuesday. That's something you have to go looking for. That's something you have to get a Tor browser and get on the dark web and fucking You have to know where it. to go. You have yeah. to like do the research to figure it out. You have to be How about not? How about not? How about not? How about not How about the about price of glee? Fuck Mark Sailing forever. Yeah. So he's dead. So like let's move on. That's number 2 of the glee curse. Yeah, strike two. Um, and strike three, and in my opinion, the saddest. Definitely. Is Naya Rivera. She was born in 1987. She had several Grammy nominations and was really championed for her portrayal of a bisexual woman um, in kind of an early time and in high school. I feel like that was like the first portrayal of like a... yeah lesbian couple that i saw in pop pop culture and i really really loved it and they were like unapologetic about it and i loved that um yeah it was like it was like marissa cooper and alex on the oc that was the first bicons both of them then number two would be well, I guess like not, a, but that was just a few episodes. That was a, a few this episodes. Was like for seasons. Yeah, this was seasons. This wasn't like a. It, they were not Endgame in any sense Mm-mm. of the word. I guess like I watched the L word in high school, but like most people who were not at all gay did not do that. <laughs> uh, you know, um, it's you know, a, so there was there was some good representation there. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was great, and I thought I loved it because. They were so, they were in their cheerleading outfits and they were so normal about it. They're like, I love you. Yeah. Like, you're my, you know, yeah. you're my partner. And it was great. So she was on Glee from 2009 to 2015. And for the role, she received critical acclaim in various awards, including a SAG Award and an Alma Award, as well as nominations with the rest of the cast for two Grammys and one Brit Award. Um, she was signed at Columbia Records as a solo artist in 2011, and despite never releasing a studio album, she did release a single called Sorry in 2013. She starred in a film, a horror film, At the Devil's Door in 2014, which we should look into. She also played a supporting role in the comedy Mad Families, um, but she was like a staunch, like philanthropist and was really gung ho for LGBTQ rights, immigrants' rights, and women's rights. She was very outspoken on past relationships and abuse. She actually dated Mark Salling. That's right. Um, and that's another and- thing that they just completely gloss over and do not really talk about at all in this documentary like the fact that they're both i mean like i would love to have heard like what it was like for her like from her dad like what was it like for you when like what was it like for your daughter when her ex-boyfriend a was charged with child pornography b was killed himself killed himself also like who was the ex-girlfriend who turned him in what if it was naya rivera could have been i it might have been i hope it was but so she was very outspoken, and I really, really love that about her. And I know she got a lot of shit about it. Mm-hmm. I remember that at the time. Yeah. 
Wasn't she the one who dated Big Sean? Like right before Kylie or Ariana Grande did? I think think so, yeah. And I feel like she also had like some sort of, well, I think the documentary talks a little bit about her like contentious divorce that she went through and like. Oh, with Dorsey. Yeah. And she was like keying cars. And I mean, you know, she she gets a little crazy. We all get a little crazy girlfriend in us. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know. Yeah. None of us are above it. Yeah, she was married to Ryan Dorsey from 2014 to 2018. Um, But, so, unfortunately, <sighs> during quarantine, this is the saddest one. This is me, really sad. And this is another one where I feel like they, they, they talked more about this one than Puck, but, like, the way that they talked about it was, like well, why was she doing... It's like, okay, let's lay let's lay this out. It was during quarantine. It was in 2020. There was literally not... Like, there was no vaccines. There was nothing... Like, no, it was still hard quarantine, especially in California. Like, she decided... She's going through a divorce. She decides mm-hmm. to take her... Well, she's passed the she's divorce. She's passed the divorce, sorry. A little bit. She's, but she's got her little boy. She's got her little boy, and she decides to do... To take her little boy out on a, a lake in a boat for the afternoon because like it's not like they can go to the park it's not like they can go to the mall like you can't do anything else like this was something that they she yeah. could you could do together like a fun activity you can do together with your kid and so the specificity i want to get into here is the type of boat they took out was a pontoon boat mm-hmm. which you know the difference as a minnesotan yes uh those are on fucking like, like floaty thingies yep yeah so it's harder to get into than like a speedboat yeah or like a canoe or something it's harder to pull yourself up yeah and it was such a mystery like she took her little boy out on this boat because it was quarantine there was nothing else to do and they were gonna have a nice day on the boat i presume she wasn't trying to kill herself in front of her child no like some assholes are saying right um, and her son was found in the pontoon boat, kind of washed ashore, mm-hmm. uh, alone, and he didn't know where his mother was. And I, this is like my worst nightmare. Her son was four, and I just think about Harper when she was four, and she she could talk, mm-hmm. like, but she wouldn't have been able to know no what was happening. So. What um, what the wiki page says is Rivera's mother, Yolanda Prevateri, said that Rivera and her four-year-old son, Josie Dorsey, were planning a barbecue by Lake Peru on July 8th, 2020, before deciding to rent a boat when they arrived. They left the dock at about 1 p.m. and were expected back at 4 p.m. When they did not return... The search immediately began. Dorsey, the son, was found alone at 5 p.m. asleep on the boat wearing a life jacket. When interviewed by the Ventura County Sheriff's Office, Dorsey told investigators that he and Rivera had jumped off the boat into the lake together and swam briefly, but his mother quickly told him to get back onto the boat. The boat had begun to drift and rock violently while they were in the water because of the wind, 
which Ryan Dorsey's lawsuit says reached up to about 21 miles per hour that afternoon. Is that a lot? What was 20 miles an hour? 21 miles per hour. I mean, I guess for wind. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Maybe maybe we're just desensitized living in Chicago. That's because we're in Chicago. <laughs> 65 miles per hour. Don't go outside. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, is that bad? Um, police reports state that Josie Dorsey recalled that Rivera helped him climb back onto the boat, but was unable to climb aboard herself and disappeared underwater. And that's what hurts me the most is like she boosted him up and got him on the boat. And for some reason, could not. Yeah, I don't. Could not survive the water herself. And they're saying that she likely found herself in a rip current, and these can be common in the area of the lake that they were in, especially during the afternoon. Oh, it's so sad. It's so. Sad. It's so fucking so, sad. So like she basically All she like wanted was to like take him, him out for a yeah. Good she like day. put him back up on the boat, and then he had to like. I mean, that poor kid is gonna be just. I, I know. Can't but imagine. What a good mother. I know. What a good mother. I know. Like bless Naya Rivera. Like I obviously would have done the same thing i've done the same kind of thing for harper right. like boosting her up over stuff like i would have done the same thing and i just it's so sad to me that she as a boat person as someone who was raised on the water drowned yeah it's very really tragic and she did not deserve that no at all I'm going to bring it back up. I'm going to bring it back up. Let's do it. Um, Because I, I would be remiss if we were doing a Glee episode. And I had mentioned Taylor Swift earlier. And I did not mention the Gaylor, the Gaylor community's rumors about. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Diana Argon. <gasps> and Taylor Swift. Yeah. Ooh, that's a hot combo. Very hot combo. There's a lot of evidence to support this. Um, in my opinion, Ooh. I I am I'm a Swift Gron. I do think it I think it happened. I don't know if they were like dating dating or if they were just like hooking up. But Taylor used to apparently go visit the Glee set a lot because she was like <laughs> super best friends with with Diana. Diana yes. So yeah, um she they hung out all the time this is like 20 like pre-red album like just before red album so i honestly think oh there's a lot of songs about diana in my opinion on the red album you think so yes Ooh. treacherous is one of the gayest songs i've ever heard in my entire life <laughs> i just want to i'm just gonna put like there is put your lips close to mine as long as they don't touch why why Ooh, hmm. that's like mormons <laughs> It's like soaking. You know what that is, right? Where they just put it in, but don't do anything about it. Okay. Number one song that's definitely, in my opinion, about Diana Argon is the song Wonderland. It's um, it's a bonus track on 1989. and You don't think it's about John Mayer? No, certainly not about John like Mayer. Like your body's a wonderland? He doesn't have green eyes, and she mentions green eyes in this. <laughs> 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 but, um... Diana is, like, really obsessed with, uh, or was really obsessed with Alice in Wonderland, like, notably obsessed with it, had, like, a couple Alice in Wonderland tattoos. 
So she was before Carly. She's be- she's pre-Carly. Yes, pre-Carly. And the funniest wow. thing is when when on Valentine's Day, like 2015 or whatever, when that like Vogue article or that Vogue cover of them too, like going on that romantic road trip or whatever drops, <laughs> um, Diana Argon tweets like, heartbroken. <laughs> Are you joking? No. Oh no. my gosh. No. Your your swift conspiracy theories like have so much merit. They're I think they are more than conspiracy. Whenever theories. you talk about them, I fully believe you. There is a great I'm podcast. If you guys are interested in Gaylor lore, um, I would listen to the What I Will Say <laughs> podcast. Um, okay, I'll I'll go quick here. Holy Ground also I believe is about Diana. Oh, we're doing this. Uh, <laughs> We're doing this. Holy ground is about Diana. There's a line in there. I left a note on the door with a joke you made. We made, and that was the first day. Um, there's a from this era of them hanging out on the time. There's literally a picture of a door in Diana's house with a note with a note it. that Taylor wrote on it. <laughs> Come on, T. Um, Be more subtle. The everything has changed. Um, like all I know is you say hello you know maybe you don't you don't you're not like you know. I don't <laughs> um so like she writes a lot about somebody in the in in red specifically which is like kind of like the mm-hmm. era that would she writes a lot about somebody with, with freckles and green eyes who has freckles and green eyes Diana Diana in the in the notes for everything has changed um you know how t- Taylor I don't know you probably don't know this but Swifties <laughs> will know that Taylor always leaves like a secret message in like the the um the lyrics in her like album booklets. So she'll like capitalize Ooh. random letters in the lyrics, and then you have to like like code break like code break it. it. And the the note in here was um, Hyannis Port, but she misspelled Hyannis Port to make it Diana's high. <laughs> She added an an I, which would made it high Diana's, like, which made it spelled like Diana's name. Also, they're seen that. together a lot. The summer that she's dating Connor Kennedy, and I, I'm doing quotations. The summer yeah, She is. She's doing a lot of air quotes right now. Yeah. The summer she was dating Connor Kennedy, she's seen a ton in Hyannis Port. In I was going to say a Hyannis Port. Hyannis Port. With, the, with who else? But Diana. <laughs> with Diana. And Diana's Port. <laughs> I love that this has turned into a Taylor Swift conspiracy episode. <laughs> How? Um. Yeah, again, treacherous. Like I said, it's a very queer coded song. We were crooked love in a straight line down. Um, mm, we're skinned. All we are is skin and bones trained to get along. Like two like very thin women. I mean, anyway, I'm going to stop, but I do just want to say that Taylor and Diana dated. (laughs) The end. What have you been watching, Grace? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a full 15 minutes of Gaylor lore. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing, which leads me to what I've been watching is the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh my god! Uh, reunion. Oh my god! The past two weeks has been fucking bananas. I haven't watched the reunion yet. I can't, I do not believe that Heather does not 
know how her fucking eye happened. No, I don't. What I've heard. So what I've heard she about this. She knows exactly how it happened. What I've heard is that producers were like trying to stir up drama. And like she was blackout drunk and hit her eye. She hit herself. On a counter. And then like <laughs> got the black eye. She didn't know what happened because she was blackout drunk. But producers came up to her and were like, hey, like we know what happened Someone to you. Someone hit you. Everybody else knows what happened. Yeah. And like, and so then like, like that's, that is kind of what I think happened. Cause that's like, bananas. she's like a sloppy drunk. <laughs> she is kind of, but she also seems like she'd be a real good time. Oh, absolutely. Would I party with Heather? I would hang out with, uh, out of all of them, I'd rather hang out with Heather. Uh, honestly, like, I would care. This is who I would curate if I was going to throw a Real Housewives of Salt Lake City party. I would do Lisa Barlow cause she's going to bring the tequila. She's going to bring it. It's going to be free Vita. Vita, baby. Free Vita for everyone. Um, number Can two. Can I get two Vita cocktails? Two Vita cocktails? Two Vita cocktails. We're super Mormon, but two Vita cocktails. <laughs> um, number two, definitely Heather. She's She'd be a good time. Three, Whitney. Messy. Messy, but Fuck that yeah. girl can fucking Fuck party. Yeah. She can party. Whitney, she can swing on a pole. Like I want, I all. want her like drunk as fuck in a hot tub, spilling cake all over the place, hitting on her no stepsons. Top. I want it all. I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> hitting on her stepsons. You're fucking right. She does that. I would not invite um, Meredith Marks because I. She seems stuffy. I can't handle her lately. Like I get she's it. She's too Chicago. She's too. She's she's got a stick all the way up her ass. I can't. I can't handle it's it. It's fully to her chin. Literally sticking out of her mouth. It goes yeah, fully through the so whole body. <laughs> I'd rather hang out with her son. One hundred. He's invited. One hundred percent. He's there. Um. And Jen Shaw is not invited. No, Jen Shaw goes to prison because fuck Jen Shaw. I think I would invite Angie Harrington also. What else? Oh, I watched the new season of Ginny and Georgia. How's that? I don't know. If you, it's on Netflix. It's pretty good. Uh, it's kind of like a coming-of-age teen show. Um, but also with, like, a mom who's, like, a fucking criminal. <laughs> okay, that's fun. It's good. It's good, easy watching. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch something that's, like, not too hard and is filmed in like that comforting netflix way Mm -hmm. i feel like they're kind of curating a style of that comfort watching like emily in paris yeah totally or like the partner track where it's just easy to watch and it's like you just put it on and you can like soap opera just text in the background and you don't really have to pay attention and it's just comfortable yeah yeah so those those are the two things that i've watched this week um I have besides been... the Glee documentary, right? The Glee documentary that we just spent sucks. an hour and twenty minutes talking about <laughs> for some like why like what a waste of that of time. What a waste of time. But I guess not since we're getting hashtag content out of it. So hashtag content. Um, I watched Extraordinary on Hulu, which is great. It's really fun. It's like ooh, it's what's that? A um, kind of absurd. It kind of is like search party meets the good place meets the boys, I but British things. But British. But British. So Gosh, sold. It's good. It's like every. It's called the extraordinary. It's called extraordinary, and it's like it's funny. It's like a dark comedy, and it's like set in a world where I need everybody more humor in my life. Everybody gets superpowers at the age of eighteen, and there's this girl. The main character is a girl who's 25 and still hasn't gotten them. She hasn't gotten hers? Yeah. It's like um, Encanto. 
Yeah. Kind of like, it's like Encanto. <laughs> it's totally like Encanto, except for funnier <laughs> except and... and not appropriate for children. Yeah, significantly hornier. <laughs> we love that. Um, I watched We're All Going to the World's Fair. Oh, dude, isn't that fucking weird? I watched that and it... It was so weird. I don't think I could even finish it. I watched the whole thing, but I I stopped paying attention. It was so boring. Yeah, it, it's just like a cool concept. Like, a, I love it a webcam cool, horror. It was not another movie that was not executed no, well. No, terribly executed. It had like a cool concept. It was so boring, really beautifully shot, well acted. It was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous movie, but it was so fucking boring so boring so boring um i finally finished malignant uh after starting it like two years ago (laughs) i feel like i haven't i haven't fully watched it i feel like i watched it when i was really high and i can't remember you should watch it it's a it's a good one it i know it is ellie keeps telling it's her favorite yeah it's fantastic um and then this is the best thing that i've been watching and by best i mean the worst thing that has ever been on television no not talking about Thank manifest. God. It's not on yet. Don't worry. When it is, we'll be. I was gonna say the new the new episodes are coming soon. Um, no, we're gonna. I'm just gonna quickly talk about the new horror show that was released on Discovery Plus. Um, that's called Milf Manor. <laughs> oh my God! That's right. The the text that I have gotten and the fucking things that you have posted, I have no idea what's happening here. I can't believe, like, the fact that this show is on the air is going to be something that in 10 years we as a society look back on and are like, literally, what what the the fuck? fuck? Like, wow, shit was (laughs) fucked up in 2023. Yeah, no shit. Because this is literally just like incest island, essentially. Like, it is is boundary-free parenting at its finest. It is what happens when, like... I'm so upset by that statement. It is, it's not. It's not okay. It is not. It is the no. most uncomfortable thing I have ever watched in my entire life, and I just can't believe. I can't believe that it's still airing out. Allowed episodes. to be televised. Like I was. I was. I was like, you know what? There's no way that there's there's gonna be a second episode of this. Like the outrage is. Like I mean, everyone watched it and was like, what the fuck is this? This is disgusting. My, our friends. Our friends on Splatterbrains talked about it. What do they have to say? Named Splatterbrains. They said the same thing. They're like, what the fuck is this? The most, like, I mean, there's, it's just, it's nonsensical to me. Like, I, like, this, this might be excusable. This setup might be excusable in a situation in which the moms are a little bit younger and the sons are a little bit older. So it'd be like teen moms, (laughs) like 40 year old, like 45 year olds with like 30 year olds. Right. But it's worse than that. It's worse than that. It is. It is <laughs> 50 to 60 year olds with 20 year olds. With like, okay. na- like young, young, young boys. These are not people you can call men in any stretch of the imagination. And not only are they forced to go on a dating show with their mother and then date other mothers slash date so- Sons of the other... Do you remember Date My Mom on MTV? Yes. That was a a good Date My Mom show. That was a great show. That was non-problematic. I'm going to take your mom out for a date, and she's going to see if if I'm worthy enough to date her daughter. Yeah. 
And I like that. Yeah, I like that too. N- not this. This is not that. No. This is this is <laughs> this will make you yearn for the beautiful days of early reality television when the worst that <laughs> the worst that could happen was that women were competing to get plastic surgery. Take my mom. <laughs> The swan! Wait, that's what you said. You said, this is the most unhinged thing I've seen since the swan. Can you explain what the swan is? Well, also, not just the swan, but lest we forget that, you know, Extreme Makeover Home Edition started as Extreme Makeover. Extreme Body Makeover. First came Extreme Makeover, which was women. It was, I think. It had no Ty Pennington. No Ty Pennington. And I think every episode, it wasn't a competition. It was like every episode was focused on like one lucky woman would get all the plastic surgery she needed. It was like someone got nominated. Yeah, it would be like, my wife is ugly and fat. Let's get her on this show. And they would just like bring in like a poor 35-year-old suburban mom who's like exhausted and just probably needs like some like emotional support from her husband. Instead, they just like gave her a mommy makeover, like all the plastic surgery she wanted. Can you imagine? Sometimes the kids wouldn't even recognize them in the end, which is like so fucked up. (laughs) But then 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 the swan came in and decided to take that concept another level. Another another level level higher. Which was (laughs) it turned into a pageant called the swan. So there was like 12 women competing for the title of the swan. And every week, like, and basically they all had things that they, they wanted to get like seven procedures done each. Right. And every episode would be them competing in some like talent show or something. And then like the, the one person would get kicked off and everyone else get the surgery. And then like, but then like every episode they're like still competing in these talent show things while they're like wearing and like their like little like get nose job. Surgery. Like, like post-surgery plastic surgery and they're they're eating like a thousand calories a day and working out like they're on the biggest loser and it was so fucked up then in the end one person is crowned the swan because she gets to have all the plastic surgery she got all the plastic surgery and she lost most of her body weight and she completely looks like a different person and voila you're the swan fuck Not only that, but, like, when you think, like, this was, like, kind of early days of, like, mainstream plastic surgery. And, like, the surgeries they were getting were not good. They were not getting the J-Lo treatment. They don't look like fucking Gwen Stefani. valley surgery. It wasn't like Beverly Hills. No, they're getting, like, the white chicks treatment. Like, they literally... (laughs) Like, that is what they all looked like at the we end of We are off the rails tonight, Caroline. <laughs> I don't know where we're at, but we're not here. I don't know where we're at either. But anyway, watch, if, don't watch Milf Manor. <laughs> I was going to say it, don't watch it, because I think that it should be canceled. I'm going to continue to watch it because I made the mistake watch of watching it. it. I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> oh, no, you have to watch it because I need someone to talk to yeah, with about absolutely. it. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, you can talk to my friend Nikki, who's on Splatterbrain. She's watching it for them. Yeah, we should do a joint episode yeah, on about Milf, Milf Manor. Island. <laughs> Milf Manor. Good lord. Milf well, Island is the 30 Rock joke that was made 15 years ago that basically explains the show. It's the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds familiar. This sounds like Tina Fey. Close um, enough. Anyway, <clears throat> follow us anyway. on Instagram <laughs> at Cool Gang Podcast. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at Grace's Gold, Caroline at Coraline Maria, on Twitter at Coraline X Maria. 
Me on Twitter at Grace's Gold and us on Twitter at GoolGamePod666. And, Caroline, what should these fine, lovely listeners do if they don't want to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify? If you would like to leave us a less than five-star review, my recommendation for you would be to get cast in a reboot of Glee. Okay? You're going to get cast in a reboot of Glee. Unfortunately, this reboot of Glee comes with a stronger, more intense curse than the first one. Um, I don't know how you're going to die, but you should get your affairs in order f- the moment you get cast. Because this is it's not going to be good for you or anybody else who's on there. But you're going to have some fleeting good times, right? You're going to maybe win a Grammy. It's possible. You might win a couple Emmys. Probably not. Because, I mean, we've all seen the quality of Ryan Murphy television shows. Um and um, so in your will that you're going to prepare before you start this reboot of Glee, um, you're going to write your five, your less than five star review for our podcast and put a note to your lawyer that says, um, please, when I am inevitably killed in a tragic or horrifying accident, um, please send this or by to, my own hand or by my own hand. Please send this to the ladies at the ghoul gang so that they know um all the things that they can improve on. And I literally had to muzzle myself through that. (laughs) I had two hands over my face because I could not stop screaming, laughing. And when you inevitably do die in whatever terrible accident will befall you, maybe it will be a two by four through your window. Maybe it will be a really tragic drowning accident. Maybe it'll be a drug overdose. Maybe you will be found guilty of having 50,000. No! Stop! (laughs) Enough! (laughs) I'm done. I can't. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye, Creeper Real. Your lawyers will pass it along to us and we will know. We've got to go. It's been too long. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay. Creeper Real. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train